Blog Talk Radio. on board uh, probably back in 2011 when 
we were doing a convention here in Atlanta called Frolicon, and they they do different things with uh, with sci-fi and the comic books and uh, the fetish world and all that other good stuff, and they kind of put it all in one set. The because of the type of material that we write, it was easy to kind of get in on the author panels that he was uh, putting together and things of that nature, and we just kind of rocked from there at that point. So um, this particular, as far as Sasha's concerned, Sasha has the moniker of being the bad boy of romance as far as the uh, publishing industry has given that term to him as opposed to it being a self-entitled moniker. Um He's got different. He's you know the 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 his career has been out for ooh, almost 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 a decade and a half now. Um, he came out a lot sooner than I did as far as that is. So he's really he's really been a, a a bit of a mentor for me in some aspects, and in others it's been like okay you know I'm trying to give him some some tips and pointers and all that other good stuff. But you know it's always been give and take with us. Uh, so if Sasha's online. We can definitely have him on the show now. Uh, Sasha, you there? There we go. Can you hear me? Good deal. What's going on, bro? Like a lamb led to slaughter. <laughs> I figured he was going to say that. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll go ahead and jump in. We'll go ahead and jump in on everything now while we still have a chance to kind of roll with things. Um, I know you. I mean, uh, I know your. I know your history. I know your catalog. But I know a lot of the listeners out there and the ones that we have in the chat room might not be tremendously familiar with you. Um, a lot of your work is uh, same as what I do. Um, I do BDSM erotica and some romance as well. Um, yours runs in the tilt of BDSM romance a lot. Um, I know you do a lot of male male um, erotica and romance as well. Um, why don't you go ahead and uh, just tell the folks about you real quick, and we can move into the topics that I had in mind. Gotcha, man, gotcha. Well, as Shakir said, I've been in the industry for 14 years. I am the acknowledged bad boy of romance, which allows me to be seen in a variety of venues where your traditional authors would not be seen in. It allows me also to be seen in a matter of, I'd say, compromising positions for your average author. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. That. Exactly. Um, I have, as of this Thursday, I have 44 titles out, most of which do run the gamut of BDSM romance on some level or BDSM erotica with heavy, heavy, heavy romantic elements in them. I've written sci-fi, fantasy, contemporary, straight-up BDSM in a variety of flavors. I personally am a lifestyle dominant. Um... I am a single tail slash bullet top. Um, Flogging is a fun passion of mine as well. Uh, cigar smoker, wine drinker, Scotchman, you know, you name it, I'm kind of there. I also um, am the co-founder emeritus of rightsex.com, which is the premier website dedicated to teaching the business of erotica to new authors and all of those alike, of course. We started that back a few years ago in order to bump up my author platform. My publicist suggested that we establish me as an expert somewhere, and that's kind of taken off into a land of its own. I have been a radio show host for the wonderful, wonderfully, wonderfully talented 
Audio Goddess of Erotica, so old school Oceana. And currently I am represented by Corvisiero Lit, the wonderful agents, Sarisa Hernandez, and none of the EPUB agents, and Marissa Corvisiero are currently pushing bigger projects of mine to larger publishers. Um, published with Red Sage, that's coming out in September of 2014. Secret Cravings just picked up and released the first out of a six-book series, all paranormal menage. Red uh, Renafuck ebooks or silver editions, decadent publishing, and totally bound, which used to be total e-bound before their makeover. Good deal. Um, now I know uh, what, what we talked about. You know, we talked about this for years in terms of how the industry has been uh, when it comes to male erotica authors. Um, I know you've been in the business a lot longer than I have. You jumped in a lot. You know, back in the day when when you know the the I guess the acceptance of male authors in that genre was not as prevalent as it is now, per se. So um, if you could kind of give the, you know, if you can give the listeners a little bit of a background as to, you know, how you came up with your, with, with, with your pen names and the reasonings behind it at that point. You know, it's funny. I got asked a very similar question. The fantastic folks at Romance at Random had asked me to do. I actually asked them for a guest spot on the on the blog over there at Random House, promoting my own books, of course. And Sue Grimshaw is a very sweet woman who would not allow me to promote my books because it's Random House and I'm not with them, so that's cool. But she wanted to know particularly <clears throat> just the same kind of thing that you're talking about, what got me into this. And initially when I began writing, a couple things happened. My IT career tanked because the market was just going south, and I lived in Texas at the time. And in Houston, you had to have a degree to get into the IT world. In Dallas, where I lived formerly, it was if you knew somebody and knew some job leads and could get in there and prove yourself on the phones or whatever you were doing. When I ended up getting into this industry, initially I was in my early 20s. I was very angry but very quiet. I had a penchant for just keeping things buried inside. I wasn't really that talkative, and I kind of, when I went out, like you see me now, everything now that I do is calculated minus my one mistake at Dragon Con. I'll talk to you about in a minute. But <laughs> yeah, I remember it, you telling me about that. Big one. It's a fun one, too. But I basically decided to get into this career after reading a number of erotica stories and romance novels, and I discovered the thing for me was that in a lot of these stories, regardless of whether they were erotica or erotic romance, even though the term came about officially courtesy of the folks at Alotus Cave in 2001, the thing that stuck out for me was the fact that basically you could have this story that deals with a character, or two characters, number one, that are both kind of in some sort of emotional torment, and I could relate to that and get that out there because in the end of the book, they ended up with a happily ever after whereby the alpha or the hero in question wasn't changed. He, at the beginning of the book, he's angry and dark. At the end of the book, he's come to terms with his aggressive, aggressive issues and he's still dark because now he's got something to protect that's more important than his own life. And I wanted to find a way to give back to the world what I could never believe I could have. So I began writing erotica and it turns out that all of them had, you know, all my stories had, in addition to a happily ever after, a happy ending, they had a happily ever after. 
And so that became what I did for a while. And then I thought about this when Sue Grimshaw asked me the question. And the thing about it is, is when I was 21 years old, I was a fucking dumb fuck. I didn't know shit about anything. And even worse, pretty girls like your co-host would talk to me, and I wouldn't be able to say shit to them. But I had nothing of value to say as far as I was concerned. I was scared and shy and quiet, and I held my tongue, and I kind of swore a bit more than I do now. That's believable. And then I discovered I've always been a very sexual person. And I kept thinking to myself, because I'm entrenched in the goth scene and because I'm getting into BDSM, girls are going to talk to me and what am I going to tell them? Well, in order to get from point A to couch C, I came up with this name, Sasha the Sensual, and would basically determine or learn my, teach myself to come across and say, yes, I'm a published erotica author, and I do make money off of this job, and if you want to screw around, let's have some fun. I know what I'm doing. It's research. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, I thought back and thought, I did all this to get laid? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> It works. So, <laughs> so I, and, and, and I, I know how I know how Shamor can be when when it comes to when it comes to some of the things that we might end up talking about tonight. Um, I know she's probably going to have some questions for you that, that that just for her own clarification and understanding. Um, I yeah. know she, I know, I know you mentioned the the single tail and 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 the bull whip uh, nonsense as far oh, as you know God. being able to throw those. Yes, there's a foreign language being spoken. Um, there's, there's a foreign yeah, so, language being so, spoken here today. Yeah, I need yeah, a so dictionary. Yeah, so to help, so to help her out, you know, I'll, as you bring things up, you know, you can definitely help her out with, you know, some of the ideas of what we refer, what we refer to with different implements. Um, the bullwhip kind of is easier to to recognize. I mean, you know, you can easily uh, identify Indiana that with Jones. Indiana Jones. No, yeah, yeah. It's Indiana bullet is Indiana Jones. Only difference is when I throw a bullet and I pop you on the ass, you come rather than cry. <laughs> and the thing is essentially shorter versions developed by cowboys in order to shove that in a horse satchel because that bullet has a usually eight to ten inch handle. It sticks out. It's a little harder to carry. It's heavier. I'm looking at my, my six foot right now. And originally, historically speaking, the goal of both these instruments was to just herd your cattle and in some cases potentially provide, provide some level of defense against wrestlers and that who want to try to take your profit from you. The single tail was what I first started to throw with. It's a four-foot whip, and it's made in the same direction, the same, same way with leather and plaiting, usually kangaroo. I think both of mine are kangaroo. And it doesn't have a hard handle. Your wrist is essentially the handle. It allows you to throw, um, I'd say right now for me with more precision. But the thing about it is when you make a mistake, and by that mistake, by mistake I mean you hit yourself, it hurts a lot more than a bull because a bullet throws, it travels slower because of the difference in weight and the difference in the handle being solid steel core versus not having one at all. 
I can't tell you how many times with both tools I've knocked myself in the head, knocked my fedora off, scraped my arm, whatever, because I'm trying to practice while I'm walking my dog outside, you know, in Oakland. But if you don't know what you're doing, you can't expect somebody else to implement that kind of trust on you. So if you understand what it feels like to get hit with a single tail, it doesn't really move. It moves fast on the one hand. On the other hand, a skilled single tail top can literally take that toy and play with you from start to finish, so a warm-up, a proper warm-up, so getting your body adjusted to being struck with this toy, all the way into heavier things where now you're going to have some marks, not cuts, mind you, unless you're into that, but marks, and then all the way into cool-down whereby you go back and can use the toy itself to run it over the sensitive skin and just bring that particular partner who's, who's put so much trust into you to take them from a state of, oh, my God, the world sucks, my job sucks, my life is not easy, it's stressful, i got bills to pay, i got this to do, I may have kids, I may have a house to take care of, all the way into a state of none of that matters anymore because my sole focus is on the endorphin rush I've just been given by this skilled pop or dominant. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not uh, uh, <laughs> exactly. Just like I said, just 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 let it just let it absorb in as you go. You know, as far as that is, that'll pretty much work itself out from there. Oh, um, to secure. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the uh, now the the other thing, the other aspect of it in terms of um, you know being being what we are in that industry, um, there's always the excuse me, there's always the, 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 the inspiration for what some of the stories will come out with. Um, I know for a fact that a few of your stories came from, you know, the lessons that you learned from being able to throw those whips. Um, were there any other, are there any other experiences that you've either had personally or that you've observed where it's translated into words on the page, of course? I just, um, is there like a, is that a class that you got to take, like, how to do that? Yeah. Um, okay. Your okay. local dungeons will provide you with education on anything and everything you wish to know about the S&M lifestyle. For me, yeah. and here's the kick. Shakira didn't see this at Falcon last this past year, but I was with uh, White Panther. She asked me to play with her two male subs. So we took them into the dungeon that was... Uh, converted ballroom in the hotel and I had these floggers and was playing with them pretty heavily because they're guys and they can take a little more pain plus she's kind of a pain she's a masochist I mean a sadist yeah. okay. she's a sadist I've had a little bit of whiskey now she's a sadist so she loves and these guys fit with her they like what she can do to them and for them and all the control aspects and things like that the funny thing for me was one of the guys had seen me throwing my single tails. I was teaching her how to pop a bullwhip because it seems easy, and it really, really is. The biggest fear people have is getting hit with it. So what happens when you throw a bullwhip, there's actually some really advanced mathematics that's over my head involved in terms of energy and inertia and is it trigonometry, I believe, or calculus? I forget which one. Either one of those is involved in the actual science of 
making a whip crack. So I was able to correct her once she gets over the fear and teach her how to crack a bull whip. Well, her, one of her subs saw me doing this and then asked if I would just go gently with him, and so no problem. Well, his safe word was, on an X frame, he held his hands above his head on the flats and held up two fingers on each hand. And if one of those fingers were to go down, that was time to check in with him and just, you know, get some physical contact and ask, are you okay with this? Is this good? Do you need to take a breather for a second? Do you need water? Do you need a hug? Just, I don't even know. Just are you okay mentally? So we're doing this, and she and I, he can't see what's going on, the submissive. She and I are taking turns with the floggers, and then I get in front or behind him with the single tail. He's facing away. She's in front of him now, and he's flipping her off. So I popped him real good in the ass, and he <laughs> liked it, but I then continued with the, the single tail technique with two of them at one time, and made him pretty happy. As a matter of fact, the whole time afterwards he'd seen me, I got this big-ass grin on every time he, he walked by me. Afterwards, just directly after we'd fin- I'd finished with him, I leaned in really close to him, and I whispered into his ear, by the way, I'm legally blind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because exactly. the thing about... The thing about this is it's a mind fuck on some level. On another level, it's for me, it's a control aspect. The fact that I can take this toy or tool and hit you with it and make you have a positive response is a really big thing for someone who doesn't see well and who's spent a good portion of his life using adaptive technology or being told, you can drive but shouldn't. To answer Shakir's question more precisely, a lot of different things have come into play with regard to my experiences. There's a short story collection called Mistress... Anna, and other erotic tales. One of the stories yeah, in there involved an ex-mistress of mine who I, when I was younger, I had all those demons in my head, and of course the way I got rid of those demons was I, was I drank too much. I just said, fuck it, and here it is. Here's my whiskey, and I'm just going to knock them back until I'm done. Or beer or, or wine, or in those days it was Herb Saint, which is an absinthe derivative. And uh, she didn't like the fact that even though she was doing shit that she shouldn't have been. She didn't want her baby boy to be doing this stuff, so she taught me a lesson whereby I had to write a story for her where the uh, protagonist gets it in the end as far as masochistic stuff. So I asked her about a few more fetishes of hers, and she had things like anal domination and cross-dressing and cock and ball torture, things I'm never going to be into like that anyway. And so I wrote this story, this 5,000-word story called The Punishment Due. Anyone who knows me knows that's kind of a play off of a Megadeth song, back off of uh, Rust in Peace, I think, the album. And yeah, I think some folks, I think I thought I was sick about it. And I said, no, it's a good song. The Punishment Was Due, the submissive in the story, comes in to pick his mistress up from a business trip. He's hung over. She's, okay, fine. I'm not having that. You're going to do these things in front of my friends. And by the way, <clears throat> the old woman across the, the way who likes you, who's probably 70 years old, is going to watch you pretty much naked in front of my car door going down on me. And that's going to start the evening off. 5,000 words later, Trent, the submissive in question, learns that he needs to take better care of himself because his mistress, stupid as the real-life woman was at the time, loved him. 
so much that she would make him do these things to possibly get off on her own level because it, it is a give and take with domination and submission. But at the same time, it's a love affair for some people. And I've always believed in writing stories that they had to have a point. I'm, I mentioned I was very sexual earlier. That's all very true. But I'm not that guy with, and this is going to shock some of your readers, I don't have a high bedpost count yet. is more than welcome to try and challenge that one. I'm all good with that, by the way. In fact, two of my publishers <laughs> told me if I had to fuck around, sell exactly. books, if I had to if I had to sleep with you, sell a book, hey, more power to me. But yeah, a lot of different things have come into play, particularly the mental side of things, because of that that dichotomy of pain versus pleasure, of give and take of I'm doing certain things to you to get you to understand a lesson and I'm controlling the lesson by paying attention to what's going on in your head because at the time I spent a lot more time in my head than I do now. So that's kind of how all that played out and it turned into longer stories and it became novels eventually in the S&M world and outside of as well. Absolutely. Now the... Now, as far as, you know, as far as switching, well, I won't say switch, we're switching gears per se, uh, but I know how, you know, like I said, you've had you've had your experiences with it. Um, I know as far as some of the stories that I put in, um, those are based on some actual instance, uh, instances and, uh, and scenes and all that other good stuff. So it, it does kind of help with the, I won't say the authenticity of it, but for the most part, it, you know, it, it is what it is. But you know, it, it it lends credence whenever you know decide, and whatever the the idea that it may decide to go into a screenplay realm, or you know, maybe along the lines of maybe somebody trying to turn it into uh, a screenplay or whatever the case may be, and uh, it definitely helps to have had, and I know you agree with me on that. It definitely yeah. helps to have at least a little bit of some sort of. Uh, if you're not doing it through a friend, of course, you're doing it through an associate, uh, you know, maybe somebody that might give you a bird's eye view peek, um, which, of course, leads us into my my next subject, which, you know, we've we've had a lot of fun with this over the last year and a half. You know this already. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. with the with the current with the current drama that's been going on with uh, a certain movie. That's supposed to still be trying to come out sometime in the next eight to nine months or so, and, and you know some of the things that have been going on at this point. Um, the the latest, of course, the latest scoop is that the lead actor uh, lost his mind over the screenplay because he saw the source material and started correcting the source material. Now, you gotta love the fact that you know an author that that a, that an actor has the wherewithal to do it, but it does kind of put into question, if you mind, um, where the source material came from, why the source material is what it is, and, uh, you know, we kind of work things out from there, but you know I want to know your thoughts on it. So, both girls, let's go. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you two things. The first thing is I have an author by the name of Margie Church who is an excellent up-and-coming author who has written for Sizzle Editions. I'm her editor over there. A 
series called the uh, the Razor Trilogy. It's got some heavy polyamory themes in it, and it has a little bit of S&M play because the person they bring into their relationship is a lifestyle dominant. And so that being said, Margie's very traditional in how she runs her life. She can't be at Sonicon with us because it's Easter weekend and she's just got that particular viewpoint. So that's fine. I said to her, though, if you're going to do this, because the premise of the book sounded pretty interesting because polyamory books and S&M books with polyamory bent, they sell to a limited audience because the delivery tends to be more like what you and I used to. Right. I told her to stand on that. You know, you're going to have to go do, do some digging. So she got on the set life, and she interviewed people from the lifestyle as far as Polly was concerned, and she interviewed a lot of people in the S&M world, and she's taken the S&M class that I teach geared towards writers to understand better what's in our headspace. That woman will probably never, ever throw a flogger or bullet or be in control in the same way that you and I are, which is fine. The books get rave reviews because she bothered to do the research. It took her a little more time between her and her partner, but they did the research, and I mean, I know I'm a little biased because I am her editor, but honestly, the books are pretty high caliber. So it's not right. necessary to be on one end or the other of the toy or the relationship dynamic to have to deal with that sort of thing. The second thing I'll tell you is that my professional response to your question is this. I am not a fan. I do not believe there was any integrity in the writing process. However, she did bother to open up the doors for a lot of us to get a lot more play than what we were given prior to. Because as you said earlier, erotica, erotica is a dirty little stepchild. Erotica yeah. is, erotica, depending on the type and quality of literature, you've got people who will read Penthouse Forum all damn day and it's all they read. And there's nothing wrong with that because they know exactly what it is. You've got other people who will read M. Christian and Maxim Jakubowski. I'm probably butchering his name with all due apologies. But those guys write literary highbrow erotica, which, again, doesn't really appeal to me. There's a market for it. But even still, you slap the term literary on something, and it, it comes across, I think, as something different than what the reader may be looking for. I, I don't know. I don't read it. It, it actually, unfortunately, literary work in general it's not my thing. When I was asked the same question at Dragon Con, I was <laughs> graciously allowed to be on the BDSM panel. What's Shakir? What's her name in this in this particular part of the world? You oh God, I'm trying to. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, but I want to quote her by her proper name in this world, so there's no confusion, and I don't out somebody I shouldn't out. No, I honestly cannot remember. Okay, there's a particular person in this industry who is an editor at a very well-known publishing house, and she asked the same question. Now, she's Lord. been on panels with me before. So yeah, you, I, know you, you, I know who you're talking you, about, yeah. Um, I, 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 if, I, if, if I recall it, I, I think it's Lori that you're referring to, but I don't know what, she's, what, what, she, what she puts herself out as now. Her, her name starts, in this world, it starts with a T. Okay, I can't remember it to save my life. We'll have to we'll have to look at that later. But I yeah, I, I know who you're yeah I know exactly who you're talking about. I have to I'll have to probably put the 
the name in the chat room probably if it if it does come to mind. Um okay. that way we okay. that way we're that way, you know, we've got the CYA intact. Um right. so that won't be a problem. Um, well long story short, like you, she knows that can be a little long winded. I was under a massive amount of stress at the time because I just had an awful lot going on. Health-wise, I was having panic attacks. I had been told by one publisher I needed to increase my promotions tenfold, which means do them. And yeah, exactly. All sorts of shit. So when she asked this question, I'd had a few drinks, but I was pretty much basically sober. Think about it is, the woman who runs the writer's track at Dragon Cons, Nancy Knight, she's a big, big name. She allowed yeah. me, in a certain leash, to go and kind of be me. Unfortunately, I went on a five-minute diatribe assaulting this particular author's character and her writing, and I just let loose. I, every swear word I could think of, you know how there's swear words in America and there's swear words in the U.K.? <laughs> exactly. Different. I used a bunch of U.K. swear words to make myself feel better, and I, I knew two sentences into this, this rant I needed to stop, but I could not bring myself to stop. And this moderator didn't stop me either, which, you know, I, I get letting somebody hang himself, but I didn't have any, I just, I, I said too much of the wrong damn thing in the wrong damn venue, and this night schooled me next day. I apologized profusely and said I would never be that, behave that way again on a panel. It was all good, but I let loose because I'm just, I'm not, I don't really care what your thoughts or feelings are on the subject of S&M. If you like it, great. If you don't understand it, you shouldn't be writing it because you need to understand it where you're coming from. And you can't just take fan fiction, I don't believe, and convert it into this and throw this stuff in there without expecting some kind of a backwash and making yourself look bad, even though at the end of the day she's laughing all the way to the bank because fuck us, she's still getting money. Yeah. So I'm just not a fan of the work. Now, if she comes out with an original piece of fiction and it's it's done better, maybe she learns some of the mistakes she made before because I can guarantee there are plenty of reviews that tore the books to shreds. You know, second chances are, are, are not rare in this industry, depending on the things you've done. So there's yeah. that. Is that diplomatic enough? Yeah, that'll work. I can live with that. <laughs> <laughs> now we gonna. I think we need to. I think we need to let some more breathe a little bit because you know. I mean, it, it, it I'm can... just taking it in. I'm just taking it in. Listen to the my voice. Feel your but yeah. But yeah, I mean, he, he he like I said, he and I have the same you know, have have the same mind when it comes to that you know, and I know a few of the few of the folks that are in the chat room that know. That that we act a fool from time to time when it comes to that. Sometimes it's just for entertainment value, you know, just to kind of you know get the hits for the sites and all that other good stuff and whatnot. Uh, but you know, on the back end and, and and in all seriousness, it's always a matter of you know if she had done just a little bit more research, she might have had a a, a slighter chance in hell of picking up a little bit more credibility. Um, I think that was the that was the one thing that we. We're, we're looking for when it came to this piece because, you know, we've had some in the past that were 
the, uh, of the same ilk, and they still and they ended up doing better than the better research books. So it is what it is. Um, but Plus, you know, we we'll, this for years, and not a single one of us were getting props until this thing came out. Laura Anthony, yeah. for example, deserves major props. She has a book out called the Marketplace Series. It's one of the classics of SNM literature. Love it or hate it, story of O, classic. Anne Rice did it years ago too. I don't know if she's a fan of life or not. But I know for I a fact she's to... not, but we're not going to get into that either. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Either way, books, when I was younger, and I can still probably believe me now because I've done more research and know more about pony play and things like that, I can give it mm-hmm. to her. I can give it to her. And even if, even if those books never came out, she has a certain credibility as a, a higher caliber writer than someone who just wrote their first piece of fan fiction and did what was done to this other book. <laughs> right. My point exactly. But, um, but you yeah, know, that, um, do do you do you actually or Shakir? Maybe I'm kind of more asking you because I kind of think I heard uh, Sasha's answer. But do you see it more as a stepping stone, even though it's not what you would consider quality piece? It's not real well researched. Do you see it as that door opener? I would, and and I'm sure Sasha would agree with me on this. It's one way. It's one thing to to step in through the door, so to speak. Um, but there, it's another thing entirely to, I guess, crawl, if you want to say, and then act like you've done this better and longer than the rest of us. Yeah. You know, I mean, so she's, there she's, is a level of of respect more for those. In that in that industry, that know well where the mistakes are, the the falsifications are in the writing, and kind of maybe maybe not kind of giving I'll, that any yeah. notice. Hey, give or take. I mean, I'll, I'll let I'll let Sasha answer that one too before I jump in on it. When I first got into writing erotica, the biggest thing that became blatantly obvious because S&M literature, well, literature in general goes through cycles and trends. And for a very long time, back about 15 years ago, the S&M world was on fire with BDSM stories. And the S&M world was was an abundance of magazines and e-zines that were catering to what we wanted. And they all... A lot of them were run by people who had lifestyle experience, and they could spot a rat. And then it waned, and we got the gay culture coming in with the gay erotica. And again, the same kind of things happened. And I used to write for a website called Three Pillows. I don't actually know if Andrew or any of those guys over there are bisexual, but I knew that the audience in question, your readers, we all have to assume that our readers have a certain level of education. And we also assume that our readers have a certain level of ability to suspend this belief. My biggest thing was, as somebody coming into this industry, in its in ebooks and in the internet especially, in its infancy, I needed to make sure that if you called me out on something, it was because I had a technical error in my writing, not because I tried to do a scene where I was hitting you with a writing crop and a bullwhip at the same time because the calibration of how to hit you and how to move and the rhythm that goes into that sort of thing are different. And if you don't understand that, that's one thing. You can ask somebody. I had an author years ago do this exact same thing with the same thing of a book of hers, 
because she wanted to have the scene where her female submissive was on the cross and being given her collar for the very first time. And it's that's like a wedding ring. And I read the end of the story. Thought, you need to fix this up. Either get rid of the, the single tail or get rid of the crop because there's a six-foot difference in the trajectory of the, between the single tail and the crop itself, and you're going to move differently. And there's going to be a different reaction depending on whether they're slapped or stung. And it's, I showed a friend of mine this in my apartment, and she just was not floored per se, but it did take her a second to go, oh, you're actually wrong. And I said, I could kind of do it because I've got a really long reach, but it would take some time to figure out. And I didn't want to have my readers nail me for lifestyle problems because I didn't want to get screwed up and caught up in the, oh, he can't write this shit, so fuck him. Didn't want that. Exactly. So I'm sure to do my research. I interviewed people. I found my... Um, I found my soul mother, oddly enough, through a lifestyle Yahoo group, uh, primarily femdom. And I approached them and said, can I join your group? I want to learn about this because I have an interest in S&M from a writer's standpoint. And I don't want to screw it up. Because I'm not sure if I like what you guys are doing. I'm not sure I don't. But I'm going to write this and make some money because it's hot right now. I need to come correct. Very true. Okay. Well, gentlemen, we have a caller, and I I hate to keep him on hold long because I'm sure no he has wonderful questions. So um, the area code is four two three. Area code is four two three. You're on the air. Hello. Area code four two three. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I don't know if they realize that they're still on the air. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's just like it's it's like your world building. So finally, um, a couple of well, that's when I had talked to Yvonne and I started. I did her book trailer, and then so she came out with the dragon series, and uh, so and she just took off from there. So I think this is her fourth book. And then a, another good friend of mine, Jocelyn Moto, um, she has like a lot of different styles of books. Okay, maybe and, they don't know they're on the air. And so no, we, I don't we, think so. We did like role playing. You know? Go ahead and mute that down. All right, yeah, let will mute that one back. Yeah, that was weird. Um, yeah, it was. <laughs> That's the first for everything. Yeah, um, always that. Okay, so we, um, we have somebody who wishes to join the conversation. And I don't know if I really want to do this to myself. So I'm going to ask you, kids, if you have any more pertinent questions to ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always have. You, look, look I've, got, I've got several. That's not even an issue okay. at this point in time. Well, um, I just don't want to bring certain people on and, you know. <laughs> oh, no, I can think. No, I can dig that. That's not even it. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> um, but, no, nah, um, I mean, and, and, and really I think with, with, with the questions that are in my head right now, um, it definitely is in, involved in some of the new stuff that you've got coming out 
Um, I know you've got one that's currently out this week. I think it debuted on either Sunday or Monday. I can't remember. Um, called His Reign. So if you want to talk to, if you want to let folks know about what that one is about, and then just let us know what the future projects are coming. Because I know you said you got a couple that are coming from uh, from different houses as well. So we'll get into His Reign, and then we'll move it forward from there. Can do. <clears throat> his Reign is a. It's one of my very first paranormal menage romances. And let me find my blurb for you guys because I have that somewhere. I prepared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 whatever. I, I, I cover just about everything, but, you know, I do have my gaps sometimes. Yeah, I understand. No doubt. So um, his reign is out from out initially Thursday on the Secret Cravings website. It's out on Amazon today, finally, thank fucking God. Um, and here's the blurb. Josie wants to maintain a normal life away from the OPEC pack. Moving from Hungary to Texas was a huge change he felt necessary in order to avoid a prophecy that would ultimately make him alpha of a dying pack, a responsibility he didn't want. Ilona and Lutina grew up loving Josie even after he moved away, yet the current pack alpha has gone rogue and began kidnapping and abusing the younger wolves that remained without mates. Elona becomes his next target, and Josie must return to once again deal with pack politics, only to find that his heart misses what it could have. Can Lukina and Elona convince him to return to Hungary in order to rule the OPEF pack and mate, or will Kiba destroy them all in a fit of insanity? Good deal. This was, this was actually initially based on an anime called His Reign. Um, um, yeah, His Reign. Um, no, I'm sorry, Wolf's Reign, which is a really good anime, but depressing as shit. And I, like I said, I get story ideas in my head and wanted to start playing What If. And at the time when I wrote this initially, shit, seven years ago almost, um, Minaj was very big, or was growing big, and I was writing it for the folks at the now-defunct Silk's Vault. It got picked up, Silk's Vault went under, got my rights back, and then let it sit on the shelves forever until I decided it was time to up my game. The thing about this premise is, for whatever reason, and this is a, a, a thing to keep in mind when you're an author and you're dealing with agents, not all agents, they're, they're just people like the rest of us, so some can move heaven and earth when the timing is right, some take a little longer. After about a year, I said, you know, what if we try this? What if I try to go out on my own and push this to somebody? So I shot this. She said, okay. I shot this to a number of different houses. Lucid actually gave me a friendly revise and resubmit. At the same time, the folks at Secret Cravings offered me a six-book contract. Because the first books in the series are actually written. Uh, The first one was edited mostly. The second one I'm adding 10,000 words to. The third one, I'm adding 10,000 words to give or take, and the fourth, fifth, and sixth have to be written. So that's kind of okay. where I'm going with this. I wanted to get into a different level of writing. I wanted to get into a house where I've got a different audience, and I wanted to kind of go a little more mainstream. And werewolves are still going to be hot for a while anyway. They're just always there. You guys can thank Alcide, partially from True Blood, I'm sure. I'll you guys can thank. Yeah, Alcide the boss, you know. Oh, um, yeah, no doubt. Stuff like that, and that's kind of the, that's the premise of the book and, and where I'm going with it, basically. Each book in the series is going to deal with another missing mate 
And for the most part right now, I think what I've got planned is all of the books have a menage except for the last book because of what's going to come out then. And the very first shorter story, which is over at Sizzler Editions, called Wolf Magic, which deals with a future pack alpha and a current enemy of the pack who is a member of the pack, but he's in a mystery. Les was based on a guy I knew in hard money lending in real estate, and initially I wanted to kill him because when I talked to him the very first time, he was very curt. He goes, business, and I thought, this is an asshole. Fuck him, and I'm going to kill him. And then I just, <laughs> at the end of the story, I didn't kill him. And then when I was writing exactly. his name, I he popped back in again. Second book is going to have a male, two more females. Third book is a female with two males who happen to be bisexual as well, only they get to deal with the trials and tribulations in part of being bisexual amongst a traditionally masculine genre for one. And second of all, if you can call it being a wolf a lifestyle, I suppose, then it's all about... Well, I think they're starting to get to the point where they're starting to turn it into that now, especially with some of the prevalences that been coming out as of late. Yeah, yeah, I'm seeing some of that. Um, nice thing about this series for me is that it's dark. It's not... I've got stuff that's way worse than this, dark, darkness-wise. But my characters are already forced to deal with responsibility. They're forced to deal with what's in their head. They're forced to grow and get over ideals. In the second book, it ought to be out in February of next year, Nicholas is basically forced to deal with the fact that he has a gift, and he used the gift at the very beginning of the story to do the right thing, but it just felt so wrong and dirty, even though he killed a rapist. He killed two rapists in cold blood, and it was brutal how I did it, but he did it to protect the two women he loves, and he can't rationalize because all he can see is the blood in his hands, not the gift he gave those two women just yet. So I get to play with that um, a lot in that second book. In the third book, same kind of thing as far as a gift of sorts. The pack and the pack structure I've got set up has one pack witch who is a descendant of one of the Hungarian fertility goddesses. If I try to pronounce her name, I will botch it. Um, yeah, I will fuck it up. It's I don't speak a lot. I can, I can say a few words in Hungarian, but not a lot. But it's I, w- I would screw this up. But it all deals with a prophecy based on the premise that the Hungarian fertility goddess created these beings, wolves, in heaven to watch over mankind so when they got to earth or they did what they were supposed to do as demigods of sorts, they would be there to watch over humankind to make sure we don't fuck up balance. Only the other gods, where the goddesses got scared and were afraid because she created these creatures with this massive power. Um, But, you know, in literature, typically you've got a, a deity that's kind of selfish. So they said, you know what? Wolves are out of here. Fuck them. And um, the fertility goddess's oldest progeny, uh, a human uh, demigod descendant, had pleaded and pleaded and pleaded. And she, uh, finally, the other gods said, fine. They want back in. These conditions have to be met with this particular pack a certain way. And they were really critical about it. Things were written down in an old language, unable to be translated by your average human. Only somebody who descends from the Opeth pack can transcribe and translate, but it can't be one of the wolves. It's got to be 
the witch, who in the first book has run away because she didn't want to do the bullshit. And then when she right. found her mate wolf, in wolf magic, she finally came back and said, fine, fuck it, you guys owe me. We're going to do this this way. We're not taking any shit. I don't care if you're scared. Get your asses back here. So she reoccurs throughout the series, and we find out some interesting things about her in the third book as well. All right, good deal. Um, well, at, at, at this point, I've <laughs> I've definitely gotten to the point. I wasn't sure if there was anything that that uh, that you wanted to ask real quick. More, if there's anything in your head that you might have a curiosity about that we could help out with, or I can't feel my brain. Sweetheart, <laughs> I told you, focus on the sound of my voice, and that the cold won't seduce you. And if that fails, well, if I focus on the sound of your voice, I might accidentally fall over on the other side. They've been, you know, they've been telling me that's where I want to be, but I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to be. That's big girls. I'm so only offer you really want in the first place, and second of all, so the rest of the audience knows. To quote the famous American philosopher Buster Rhymes, okay. Baby. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, boy. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> I, I should have known you were gonna slip Buster in there somewhere. I swear to God. I just discovered that track today or yesterday. I'm like, oh my god, this is gonna be fucking great. I'll get on the air and I'll be like, I'll bust around, bitch. Except I'm um, talking to you, and I can't really. Oh my god! Oh Jesus! <laughs> okay, so at this point, um, you're getting to the fuckery part of the show. So I think that means that we should bring uh, Ron on so that you know it all flows. Go ahead. Do it. And he's been waiting patiently. I'm proud of Ron. Of course, of course. Ron, how Ron are you this evening? I'm um I'm I'm confused slightly. I'm slightly confused. I don't I don't I don't really know how I am. You want to Confused is good. Yeah, confused is always good. It means you're I'm, breathing. I'm, yeah, I'm 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 gonna take the fuel. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna keep going. Um, yeah. So what's going on, brother? How you feeling, Skip? <laughs> I'm good, Rob. What's good with you, man? Yeah, I I I, I can't complain. I'm stuttering a little bit, but please don't um don't take that for anything. I'm just I'm just doing me right now. Alright, it's gravy, boy. And, how and you so what now? What what's what's wrong now, Ryan? You jealous again? Envious? You wish you were Shakir? Is what? Um, I think we all I'm going to rescind my past um, statements. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> oh, mercy. Yeah, that's definitely, this is, yeah, this is definitely one of those red and blue pill moments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, not even red and blue pills, because I mean, I mean, I, I'm, I'm seeing all kind of pills. 
You do that. <laughs> did Ron say that? Was that Ron? Yes, he Badass? No, can't possibly hey, hey, hey. Look, look, don't look. The poor boy obviously con- he seems confused. So maybe he pays his taxes like a badass. All right, just give him that. <laughs> you can be badass and just pay your taxes. I I do it. Right. Let's go with that. I'm, I'm, I'm fine, with but you, you know. I just, you know, this moment, I'm glad we get all the best archive moments because yes, I course. know that there have been several shows where Ron has been living vicariously through Shakir and Envy all his lifestyle. And man, I wish I could do. And tonight, that buster is quiet. <laughs> I haven't heard him ask to borrow any of your toys tonight. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think that's going to be a request, and, but I'm going to make a request. My request is going to be for Shamor to not have any inkle comments. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> What's the question? Nah, you gonna have to you gonna have to bring Sasha up to speed on that. No, unfortunately, no, he's gonna open the door. No, Sasha, you don't want to know. I want to know. You know what? Knowing is half the fucking battle. So I'm curious. You tell. <laughs> hey, I just want to know, um, Ron. Are your ankles crossed yes, tonight, babe? Man, I'm standing up. I, I, I listen. I'm, I'm, I'm at attention. I'm like one of the guards outside of the Queen Palace. <laughs> nice. Oh goodness. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Maybe you know, since we're all novices here. Um, not all of me, us. Not all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> me, you, me, you, and Imaj. Like we could yes, do threesomes where I can, we can tie you up and hit you with the bullwhip, and we can watch you scream. You know That's what the it. problem with that is? Now, Unless you want him to scream, he's not gonna scream. If you want him to come, I think that has to do. Mm-mm. So you're going to, yeah, because, yeah, then Sasha can teach us how to really aim it, and we can close our eyes and do it. Okay. We're going to have to take the mosh off of mute so we can get her in on this conversation. <laughs> yeah. She's already I'm just, I'm just trying to build a bridge so we're all a family. It's going to be the same answer. <laughs> I'm just saying. I want to build a bridge, I mean, and we can all be a family, and we can all share this. And the novice group can just, you know, represent for the novices. Like we don't really have to get sexual. We can just beat Ron and enjoy it. <laughs> you were gonna deprive yes, Ron of what the hell, man? That ain't cool. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> deprive that man of an orgasm. He fucking works hard for his money. He pays his taxes like a badass. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you do it right versus that other book we were talking about earlier where she wrote the scene wrong. 
Until you find it nice, warm, and fuzzy. Get it? Yeah, we all go marinate together as with. <laughs> yes, but you will be restrained and we won't. And then we'll run. Okay. What we're going to do is tie your hands to your ankles. Yes. Oh, look at that. I got a sentence. Hi, Imaj. Hi, how are you all doing tonight? Oh, God. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to release my brain needed Because I've been sitting here just listening And I was doing other things And I was like, I just can't stop listening I want to stop listening, but I can't stop listening And so No, yeah, you right. can't I have Well, that's the whole point, point. Look, I told I I I warned y'all earlier today. I said it was gonna be like this. You thought I was playing. Now you see what's up. up. No, it's fine. It is absolutely <laughs> fine because I needed it because I was like, wow. Because I'm that book that you all are speaking of. I'm in the process of reading it and I see what you're talking about. So yep. Because I was like, okay. I know what they're talking about. They're talking about that book that's sitting in my desk at work. So, yes. <laughs> and, yes. yes, research, do it. That's what I say. I like interesting things. And this sounds mighty doggone interesting. And, yes, I will participate with you, Shamor, and we're going to tie him up to something, put his hands above his head, do something, and that's a whipping challenge. Yes. Oh, I was thinking we tie his hands. I think we. I was thinking we tie his hands to his ankles, just so he becomes comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely comfortable with some fuzzy stuff. Yes, I'm in. I'm in it. I'm there. You're kind of bullshit being talked right now for no reason at all. We got guests on the line. Y'all talking some nonsense out there, Mama. Sasha, please say something, Sasha, because they talking nonsense. Uh, I love you. You are awesome. No, you're right. I'll be, I'll be, I'm East Coast bound. As soon as I figure some shit out, I'm East Coast bound. Hey, I'm in the, I'm in the southern state. Whoa, 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 whoa. What does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) It's only a plane ticket away. Plane ticket away. Basically, yeah, I um. I'm not here in California right now, and part of the reason I'm moving involves my personal life and some things that just fell apart after a very long time. And California itself is its a beautiful state. Unfortunately, it's been overrun by nonsensical fuckhead liberals and pinheads who don't know what the fuck they're doing and people who have no goddamn clue about shit except... The fringe element, the, the uh, GLBT community, the S&M community, um, we all have a lot of different things in common, but, you know, we're all kind of seeing a sting. And when I called my mentor who lives in North Carolina and said, hey, that problem you've always had with me, 
is no longer a problem, she said, why don't you come out to Charlotte and spend a few months with me so you can stay with your writer and make you sell more. I live like an hour and a half from there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, unfortunately, of- that might let you guys get to Ron before me because I'm all the way here in Texas. Sweetheart, I'll make a trip. Girls, Delta flies here. Delta flies I've done it all. I, I used to live in Texas. I'm from Texas. Where you at? See, like, you know, put, put them off. Look at that. Look at that. See, 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 see. Yeah, I swear to God. Oh, shit. Dallas. People in Dallas, too. I've got people in Dallas, and they know how I roll, and, yeah, Shakir knows who I'm talking about. Yep, you know what? I do. I do. Sasha, if you go to Dallas, if you go to Dallas, Sasha, I'll pay for your miles to go to Dallas. How about that? Wow. Well, yeah, how are we going to get you? Oh, no, no, no. Don't, don't worry about me. Don't, don't you worry. <laughs> don't worry about me. No, you, you, you make sure you you're the flight dummy. Connected flight. No, you're oh, the no. practice dummy. We, we need our practice dummy. Right, I, got I, got I, 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 I got a babysitter that day. I don't have a babysitter that day. <laughs> <laughs> now, Ron, you really? sound like a smart guy. I'm sure you can find a babysitter. No, no, sir. No, sir. Oh, bring the kids. It. I got cable. Bring the kids. They can watch Cartoon Network. And she feeds them breakfast because I see her feed the kids breakfast when they spend the night. I do. I feed the kids. I'm good. I'm good people. I'm just trying to help you. I'm just trying to help you, Ron, so that you can feel more like Shakir. And that's all I'm trying to do. I just want to make your life better. No, 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 no. Me and him have enough in common. We good. (laughs) (laughs) We good. This is my man. No doubt. I can just see myself. I mean, myself. we have everything in common. If, if we have everything in common, I might as well just change my name to kid. Come on, that makes no sense. I can just see myself taking lessons. I can just see myself taking lessons from Sasha, and you're just standing there, and, you know, I'm like, like this? And you're like, he's like, no, like this. You know, and each time I get better, it's very expensive. No, you can't picture nothing like that. And if you are, you better wake up and apologize. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I don't wear pants. I wear a kilt. Just FYI. Properly, yeah, you're more from the check, early or otherwise. <laughs> Y'all are something else. <laughs> <laughs> so you knew it was coming. <laughs> you you said the worst. You ain't never lost, kid. You ain't uh, never lost. That I fuck, look, I... I, I, that's why I even expect half of this shit right here. Oh, my God. I might call you a lot of things, but they ain't going to call you no liar. Okay. Don't laugh. Don't don't, don't laugh, Shamor. Don't laugh. This is real serious. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, 
You may not have heard me, but you felt me. Is it nerves? I'm just saying, if it's nerves, I know a cure for nerves. It's another stimuli in another region. It makes nerves go right away. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Real funny, Mr. And it Morgan. comes in, Real. and it comes in liquid form. Yes. Cut. Oh, what now you got fuck? jokes too over there. All right, See, this is what I'm talking about. I got the double duty. What? What's that What? What about Val? Val has said, "Don't you dare!" Val, you really you know. Val, he don't know. Val will tear you to pieces. You you got an absolute point. I, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. You, got a, I, you know what? My bad. Where Romy wrong? Where you wrong? Where Romy wrong, Matt? Let's, let's get Romy wrong. No, you didn't. You didn't ask me to come on the show. No, you didn't. Yeah, now you trying to shut my girl down. Uh-uh. Oh, Uh-uh. Because you know that's her trip tonight to the show. Uh-uh. Don't you do oh, it. Yeah. I could think you guys, that was an excerpt, I suppose, from the, you know, from his reign. Yes, please share. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> please. <laughs> Let me get rid of filter. Hold on. I just, uh, um, I'll set this up for you guys by saying, um, so Joe's back in Hungary. And Lucina has suckered him into trying to find Elona. He found Elona in the middle initially of what was supposed to be Elona and Lucina seducing him. Um, hunters came in and decided to try to interrupt and try to kill all the wolves in the village. Lucina had to get away, and Elona got away. Oh, wait, this isn't that far in. Never mind. <laughs> this is shows he's finding Elona. Never mind. So here we go. She was here. A large 15th century church stood towering in the distance. Leaves rustled. He caught sight of a tiny figure moving through the tall brush to his right side. He shifted back to his human form, stood, and set his hands on his hips. I know you're here, Alona. Josie turned his head and upper body just in time to catch the flying body that launched itself at him. Falling back under the ground, he rolled with a soft feminine weight pressing against him in all the right places. Rolling several yards away, they finally stopped, with Alona coming out on top, giggling. It really is you. Her bright blue eyes held so much surprise and emotion. Her mouth parted. She panted heavily, her chest heaving with each breath. Josie shifted his weight slightly and reversed their position so he was the one on top looking down at Alona. Her beautiful smile still had the ability to make his knees weak. Large round eyes looked at him, flames of lust dancing in her irises. Even in the moonlight, he could see her penetrating deep blue eyes and the massive emotions of longing and anger mixed with hurt and confusion rolling in them. Her light brown hair fell over the swell of her breasts just past her rounded hips. Her skin, illuminated by the moonlight, looked paler than it normally was. Surprised she could knock him down, even as tiny as she was, 
She had a fierce strength like most wolves. He still wouldn't ask about her confusion. The wall of her emotions wafted to him through the night air. She took a deep breath, her breasts heaving up and down as she exhaled. Digging his nails into her hips, he tried to move her off him. She wouldn't budge. I'm using the one weapon guaranteed to make you stay here with me a little longer, she purred. His eyes widened. You think I just want you for your body? She arched an eyebrow at him. With your lack of response, I'm not sure what you want, lover. He couldn't blame her. He wasn't sure he would do things differently if he were in her shoes, but he had to get things settled here and return to America. It was either that or be caught up in a prophecy that dictated the rest of his life, one where he was to rule the Opeth pack, lead them towards a a world where wolves were accepted again and heaven would open up for them, one he didn't believe in. He sat up as she threw her arms around his neck and pulled him to her. Their lips met. She closed her eyes. Her mouth molded beside his, and intense hunger took over. His tongue slipped past her lips, exploring, caressing the inside of her mouth. She'd certainly grown up since the last time he'd been hungry. He caught a handful of hair and tugged on it, forcing her head back to expose her neck. Making his way down her chin, he nibbled her soft flesh, nipped her neck and collarbone, inhaled her earthly scent. He knew her so well still that he could predict the exact moment she grew damp and just how wet she was. She yelped and arched against him. The curve of her belly connected with his rigid stomach. Her pussy felt hot against him, and they were still fully both clothed. Knowing she was soaked, the scent of her arousal was driving him insane. His tongue swirled around the soft skin beneath her jaw, licking back up over her bottom lip. She captured his bottom lip between hers and sucked, drowned him into her mouth. Strong arms caressed his shoulders, massaged taut muscles. Tension eased from his body as Josie let down his guard a little more, hoping he could save himself from introspection. He had to stop now. She lowered her thick lashes against his cheek, soft, like butterfly kisses, her lashes brushing against him sent shivers through his body. We have to stop, he swore he said, but he didn't recognize his own voice. Finally, there was no more kissing. No more sensual assault in his senses. What had happened? Alona was still sitting atop his thighs, her gaze fixed on him. She tilted her head to one side, giving him a wayward smile. What's wrong? Her voice was much softer, sweeter than moments before, almost filled with worry. He couldn't reply. His mouth had gone bone dry from the fact that her flushed face and pert nipples peaked beneath the fabric. Every nerve in his body was screaming at him and in stupidity while his mind roared with his heart. Josie? He shook his head to regain some sense of self-control. Gently pushing her aside, he stood and started dusting himself off. Not a cheap throw, you know, her voice shook. Gone from her voice was the tenderness she only had a moment before. I know. Then why did you stop? What's wrong, Josie? This, he gestured at them both. We haven't seen each other in ten years, and it's just not how I expected to come back to Hungary. I'm afraid. I know. And too busy. Raw emotion poured off each word. Josie knew that emotion well, knew she'd be angry. He couldn't blame her. He left her ten years ago. He hadn't bothered to call or write 
never told him about his few visits back to check on her and Lucina. Of course, he felt the ache, but it had more to do with her feelings rather than his. She stood and faced away from him. So, how long are you back for? Her flat voice annoyed him. Until I've done what I promised Lucina I would do. And then in the center of the dirt road, a few carts and old cars were scattered about the dirt street. Josie wondered how long they ended up getting vehicles this far, but realized he didn't want to know when he saw a figure walking toward them. Les, what are you doing here? I should ask you the same thing. I'll see you better back, Meredith. Hearing her address as Meredith made him want to punch something. He refused to get used to the idea that she'd taken an American name and sold out her Hungarian heritage when his pride, her pride had been so strong for it. Ilona was leading me back here for the night so we could rest and talk a little before I left. Les nodded, stroking his chin. The way he moved in the moonlight seemed eerie to some, but Josie never paid the older wolf any mind. As far as he was concerned, Les was a conservative, dressed in blue jeans and a black long-sleeved dress shirt. Even the creepy lime green eyes Les sported didn't bother Josie as long as he didn't make direct eye contact. Katie didn't have the oddity of, of course, the outcast that he was. Les had other things on his plate to worry about, including his brother's slow descent into madness. Smooth, all his skin betrayed Hungarian characteristics. Les looked more Asian with narrow eyes and a different accent, but Josie had to guess the Eastern Europeans and Asians were not all that different. In the end, he didn't care. The jury was still out as to how he and Kibo were brothers. Les's skin was naturally tanned and his limbs were long, not nearly as muscular as Kiba's. Kiba dressed more business-like in dark khakis and light blue shirt with dark boots. He kept his hair short. They looked nothing alike, especially after seeing Kiba's hair had grown out and grayed tremendously, and his facial features had shown age with more wrinkles than he had when Josie was still a part of the pack. I did. Elona looked down at the ground. Great. Thank you. My brother is ill. Lucina returned hours ago with news of what happened. Are you all right, Meredith? She nodded yes. Callously, Josie let go of her wrist. She rubbed her arm where her nails, his nails dug into her skin. He ignored the ire coming from her. Meredith contributed to the conceit of the night. Pray we don't have any incidents. Josie nodded. If what Les said was true, then I'll be dead in an instant. When he left the pack ten years ago, they numbered in the dozens, but now seeing the village around them, it appeared as though only a handful of wolves remained. Worry still settled in the pit of his stomach. Indeed. Elona bowed to Les. Good night, Les. Night, Meredith. Les turned and walked away, almost disappearing into a fine mist. He was one of the few wolves that had apparently been blessed with the goddess Kiss. These illusions were stronger than those of many other wolves in Hungary. Josie couldn't remember seeing another wolf in the States who had such strong gifts of illusion either. Yawning, he realized the time difference and jet lag had probably slammed into him considering how active he'd become once sitting foot on the ground. Without looking at her, he motioned with the hand, Come, Ilona. My name was not Meredith, she turned her lip up at him. How he ached to free his cock and bury it between her full, pouting lips and yell her true name. No, I will not call you by that name. She cocked All her right, head and blinked. Good. All I right, think we got it. I, I think we got it, man. Sweet. That's on Amazon. Um, no, definitely, definitely. Um, so we can go ahead and wrap this up real quick because I know we've got like a couple good minutes in here. So just let everybody hey, know how to find you. 
Say what now? I said maybe one. So <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, but yeah, definitely take this minute to go ahead and just let, let everybody know how they can find you. Um, Twitter, Facebook, the whole nine. SashaLevichAuthor.com. S A S C H A I L L Y V I C H A U T H O R dot com. Facebook.com forward slash SashaLevich. It will link you to the fan page. Twitter, I'm Sasha Ivich on Twitter. Um, I'm on Goodreads as Sasha Ivich. I've got a YouTube channel where you can see me throwing the bullet in single tails. And I do oh, speak Lord. specifically. <laughs> uh, uh, I can't. I can't no more. Yes, you can. And you want to. And you probably exactly. will. That's, that's, uh, that's, yes, that's it. All right, good deal. Well, I want to I wanna say thank you. For, for hanging out with us, man. It was definitely an absolute blast, I swear to God. Um, next week next week I've got uh I've got another guest uh up front. Oh shit. Um, her... Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> shit. I mean you you said that the calendar <laughs> Wait a was minute. <laughs> more. I'm gonna get out of your face. <laughs> I just need time. I time probably need all seven of those days to be prepared. <laughs> At any rate, um, I'll I'll prepare y'all later on in the week for it because we we're already up against it. So we're, uh, we'll say good night and we'll see y'all next week. Thank you. Oh, good night. Thank you. Um, Good night, everybody. Good I don't night. even know what to say at this point. Good night, everybody, oh, and we will see. We will catch you next week. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>